good morning and welcome. The Lord be with you. And grace and peace to us all in the name of Christ our Lord, the living, risen Christ, who beckons us to come and to join with one another as we worship him this morning. It is a gift to be with you. Uh, we especially welcome our visitors, those guests who are with us. Please know you bless us by your presence. We pray this is a blessed time for us all as we worship Christ together. And just a reminder of the registration pads that you find in your pews to your left or right. It's helpful for us to have you sign those. Helpful for us to know that you share in worship at First Church this morning. As we gather, we are attentive to ministry opportunities as we find them before us in our bulletins. First, you may see some of these Samaritan Purse Christmas Child boxes around the office area, outside of the choir room in particular. Uh, First Church has shared in this ministry for several years. We share in this again. So if you have not picked up one of these boxes uh, for, to fill for a boy or girl, I invite you to do so. And then please return these next Sunday. So again, these are before us, and thank you for your support of this ministry. Also, the season of Advent really is, is closer than we may know. Uh, and with it quickly approaching, we're going to begin a five-week study tomorrow evening, uh, an Advent study that will take place in the Uptown Ministry Center at 5.30. If you do not have a book, uh, we have some copies at the church office. And really tomorrow night will be kind of an orientation time. We will touch on the material, but we'll begin uh, reading first chapter next Monday, but again, we will gather tomorrow evening at 5.30 in the Ministry Center, and I look forward to sharing in that study with you, and again, the materials you may find uh, in the church office. Reminder that next Saturday, of course, will be the third Saturday of the month, so we share in the ministry of the food bank and clothes closet. Also, in preparation for Advent, we see that families are invited to be a part of the Advent wreath event on December the 1st. And the Lunch Bunch ministry is before us each Tuesday and Thursday. Thank you for your support of that. And a reminder as well that we are in the second Sunday of our stewardship campaign. We will focus on the ministries of faith development with a video piece later in the service. Just a reminder of how you may support the ministries of this church financially by electronic giving. And if you have not received a letter and estimate of giving card, you will receive that shortly. Next Sunday, as we worship, we will have a time of commitment where you're invited to come forward with the estimate of giving cards. Again, we are aware that we have tried to manage your funds faithfully for several years to arrive at a balanced budget. We finally done so, but we have touched on staff, as you may know, uh, and really our issues in previous years have not been expense issues as staff and other church leadership have been very faithful in the management of the funds. It's been more of a revenue issue. So I pray that you will give thought and prayer to that as you fill out your estimate of giving card and as you prepare to come forward with those cards next Sunday as we worship. It is a blessing to be with you today. And uh, the first order of business that I have to say is that we will be songs organ which means without the organ today. Um, we've been doing a major renovation and we have discovered another cipher within the choir division. But you know, with every thorn comes a rose, and I have many roses today. The first one is Becky, Becky Smith, my friend. Becky and I were in the organ gallery this morning trying to find this pipe, 
and it was to no avail. But we gave it our best effort, and so the rest of the service today will be done on the piano, which I'm also delighted about. Um, and the offertory today, which is given in memory and honor of Becky's father, is the Guno Old Divine Redeemer. And I offer that to you with, in collaboration with Becky, because she has become a very special friend for me, and I just hope that this piece will speak to your heart as much as it's spoken to us putting this together. Finally, it is a God thing. Karen Turney and I often speak to that in the office, and truly this was a God thing. I plan our music out several months in advance, and the anthem that the adult choir is doing today, I Will Sing of Your Love by Randy Cox and Mark Hayes, was planned back at the early summer when I spoke to Kathy Dietrich to be given in honor of Ed Dietrich's service many years to the choir. And when I scheduled this, I had no idea it would be the weekend of Margaret's birthday or that all the Dietrichs would be in town. And as Karen says, it's a God thing. And so it's a, we come with rejoicing, not only uh, for the gift of family and the fact that you all are here, but that we can also honor Ed, who has had his trials and tribulations this year health-wise, but this man I've learned to love because his constancy and his dedication of spirit is to be emulated. And so I personally am thankful for Ed Dietrich and the choir, and I know that all of you are thankful for his many years of service. So this anthem today is offered. Thank you. 
morning, before we do call to worship, we have to wish someone a very special birthday. Our spiritual leader, Pastor Keith Ritchie. So if you will please join me in a rounding sound of happy birthday, maestro. please. Praise be to God, who rescues us from the power of darkness, who redeems us and sets us free. Praise be to Jesus Christ, the firstborn of all creation, through whom all things were made in heaven and on the earth. Praise be to the Spirit of God. Whose presence sustains us, and whose breath renews all creation. Behold, I am making all things new. Come, O God, and make your home among us. Pour out your spirit, and renew the face of the earth.
O God, week after week you arise, gathering your people, proclaiming your life, feeding us food that is eternal, sharing your spirit, and renewing the face of the earth. O God, transform us by this resurrection, that we may embrace all that you have made, and live for the just of justice that you intend. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Last Sunday, you may remember we focused on the ministry of worship during our time of stewardship. Today, we focus on the ministry of faith development, looking at the various opportunities before us at First Church to, to gather in smaller groups, to get to know one another, to share in fellowship with one another and also to grow in faith as we study and explore scriptures and prayers and our life together as the people of God. The Ministry of Faith Development is before us.
a reminder of the faith development opportunity, which will begin tomorrow evening as we begin our Advent study. Doris Diedrich will lead us in the reading of the 89th Psalm. Psalm or, or the words from the from the anthem, we, we will be singing. So it's the same. It's Psalm eighty nine. Psalm eighty nine, one through eight. I will sing of thy steadfast love, O Lord, forever. With my mouth I will proclaim the faithfulness to all generations, for thy steadfast love was established forever. Thy faithfulness is firm in the heavens. Thou hast said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant. I will establish your descendants forever and build your throne for all generations. Let the heavens praise the wonders of, of O Lord, thy faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies can be compared to the Lord? Who among the heavenly beings is like the Lord? a God feared in the counsel of the holy ones, great and terrible above all that are round about him. O Lord God of hosts, who is mighty as thou art, O Lord, with thy faithfulness round about thee.
Thank you, choir. Piano sounds good. <laughs> I know Doris is coming. The scripture that Doris will share is Old Testament scripture from Ezekiel, which kind of gives a preview of the resurrection material that is before us from the Gospel of Luke. Thank you, Doris. This is uh, Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. It was full of bones, and he led me round among them. And behold, there, was, there were very many upon the valley, and lo, they were very, very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you. And you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And as I looked, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe, breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, and ex an exceedingly great host. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are clean cut off. Therefore, Prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord, the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you home into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, says the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Doris. Now I invite our children to come forward. We share now in our children's time. brave young man. Good morning. I'm glad you're here. Hey, Sally. Got the moo moo? Okay. All is well with the moo moo, right? So. Well, good morning and happy Easter. Did you know it was Easter? Well, it, it's really not Easter. Easter usually comes in the spring of the year. And, and what do we celebrate when we celebrate Easter? 
okay? There are a lot of fun things we do at Easter. But on Easter morning, we celebrate Jesus being raised from the dead. Well, the reason I say Happy Easter this morning is because when we share the Gospel of Luke, we're going to share some conversation Jesus has with other religious leaders about the resurrection. In fact, there's witness to the resurrection and the Easter story right here. If you look to your right in this big window just above the piano, right over here. Right there. You see, in the big window above the piano, there's an empty tomb and there's an angel above the empty tomb and there's women who have gone to take care of Jesus, but he's not there. He's raised from the dead. And even though this isn't technically Easter morning, every time we gather for worship, we bear witness to the fact that Jesus is raised from the dead. So every time we gather and share the scriptures and sing and confess our faith and gather with one another, it is witness to resurrection. It is witness to the Easter news. We know that Jesus is with us. In fact, as Jesus talks with these other religious leaders about the resurrection, Jesus says we are always children of the resurrection and that we always live to God. In other words, God has overcome death. He's promising resurrection and he has secured for us life everlasting in his presence because of Easter morning. So I'm going to ask us to pray. Will you pray with me? Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that now and always, we are Easter people. We thank you that Jesus is with us and will be with us always. Amen. Thank you, children. And we do share the gospel lesson from Luke chapter 20, verses 27 through 40. We hear the word of God. There came to Jesus some Sadducees, those who say that there is no resurrection. And they asked Jesus a question saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies having a wife but no children, the man must take the wife and raise up children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first took a wife and died without children, and the second and the third took her, and likewise all seven left no children and died. Afterward, the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had her as wife. And Jesus said to them, the sons of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are accounted worthy to attain to that age and to the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage, for they cannot die anymore because they are equal to angels and are children of God, being children of the resurrection. But that the dead are raised, even Moses showed in the passage about the bush, where he calls the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Now he's not God of the dead, but of the living, for all live to him. And some of the scribes answered, A teacher, you have spoken well, for they no longer dare to ask him any question. This is the word of our Lord. Well, this question asked of Jesus about resurrection by the Sadducees really is not a serious question. The topic is serious, yes. But their question is not serious. It is a question by which the Sadducees hope to trip up Jesus. 
It is a question of certain logic, certain presumptions, one of the presumptions of the Sadducees being this. Well, life as we now know it is life as it will always be, life as we will know it in the future. Therefore, relationships as they are shaped now are relationships as they will exist in the future. This includes every relationship, including marriage. So this being the shape of things, according to the Sadducees, what about this woman who, according to the law of Moses, married in succession seven brothers? Given that you advocate belief in, Je in resurrection, Jesus, this future time in which all shall live again, to which of these seven brothers will this woman be married for in this lifetime she was married to each. What's true, the question of Jesus by the Sadducees is not a serious question. It's a question wanting to mock the idea of resurrection. Nevertheless, we may follow their line of reasoning. It is the line of reasoning in which they believe this future life known as resurrection is nothing more than a replication of or even a, a continuation of life as we know it now. In other words, if there's resurrection, they say, it's nothing more than life as we now know it, merely extended or recycled. Life after death, yes, but life no different from life as we now live it. So relationships as we now know them are relationships to be known in the same way in the future, according to the Sadducees. Well, Jesus, by way of his answer, makes clear. The Sadducees do not understand resurrection, for they do not understand this. Resurrection life, this life secured for us by the God of resurrection, the God who has raised his son from the dead, is life very different from life as we now know it in every respect. Because resurrection says to us, we belong to a life greater than this life so often defined by division and a disagreement and conflict. Because resurrection tells us we belong to a life greater than this life touched by illness and loss and a defeat and lament. Because resurrection tells us there is life beyond this life of grievous headlines and self-serving government and anxious churches and a division within and without. Because resurrection tells us this. You and I ultimately belong to a God who is victorious, a God who is Lord over all things, and we do not belong to the empty and futile ways of this world. The Sadducees, by not understanding this, do not understand resurrection. In not understanding it, they also do not understand this. Resurrection is closer to us than we think. True resurrection, we say, is a future event. The Apostle Paul is clear to say we are raised to newness of life. We are not yet resurrected. Still, Resurrection is close. 
It is so close, it touches us, it impresses us, it shapes and informs our lives now. Resurrection is close enough to be seen, close enough to be touched. Remember with me just a week ago. Many of us were here last Saturday to take part in the Martinsville Community Care Collaborative. We volunteered so as to be a blessing to our neighbors as Jesus commands. And all of us, by being a part of this community of faith, made possible this healthcare event. Recalling this event, I am touched by how hundreds of volunteers gave of their efforts to make this happen. There were United Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterians, those of other faith groups, those of no faith groups. There were medical professionals, practitioners, students from near and far. There were those of numerous service agencies. There were those who supported this event by their gifts of food. And all of this in the service of caring for our neighbors. In all of this, no one caring who gets the credit. I go home that Saturday evening, awaken Sunday morning, come to this place of worship. I come to proclaim the word, to preside at the table of our Lord. Nothing more humbling than that. Not only is the word proclaimed, the body of Christ given in this time of worship, there was also this. There was the remembrance of the saints, and in this remembrance of the saints, remembrance of funerals, services of worship we name as witness to resurrection. There is in our worship that morning the leadership of our children. There are voices of praise from our children, from our adults. And in all of this, from beginning to end, resurrection. In the service of neighbor, in the worship of God, Resurrection. Ministry that takes place only because of resurrection. Ministry which does not take place without resurrection. It's closer than we know. The movie Little Miss Sunshine made its way to theaters about 15 years ago. The title of this movie refers to a beauty pageant for which a certain girl named Olive has qualified. Along with members of her family, Olive makes her way in a bright yellow van to the Little Miss Sunshine pageant. And what a family it is. Olive's father is trying to get a motivational book published, but finds his efforts refused at every turn. Her grandfather, well, he's gotten himself kicked out of his assisted living center for inappropriate behavior. Happens all the time. Her uncle has come to live with her family after having tried to take his life following a romantic breakup. Her older brother, hoping for a career in the Air Force, will be found to be colorblind, meaning he has no career in the Air Force. He will not take that news well. Olive's mother tries to find some measure of peace and stability for the sake of members of her family. Still, it is this misfit family which makes its way for the sake of Olive to the Little Miss Sunshine pageant. Traveling in this bright yellow van, 
which operates in only one gear with a horn which often gets stuck for no discernible reason. As of this does not provide enough of a challenge to Olive and her family, her grandfather, who despite his unfiltered language is source of wisdom and a blessing for family, dies in his sleep at a motel one evening. Despite his death, the family is convinced he would want Olive to compete, so they make their way to the pageant, having smuggled the grandfather out of the hospital where he's been pronounced dead. He is wrapped in a sheet, placed in the back of the van. The family makes its way to the pageant, at which point Olive's father contacts a funeral home. Well, arriving at the center where the pageant is to be held, the pageant director is not thrilled to welcome Olive. She doesn't fit the mold of these picturesque contestants. Still, she makes her way to the talent competition, at which point she demonstrates dance moves taught to her by her now late grandfather, Dance moves, we discover, not acceptable to the pageant director, apparently super freak by Rick James, is not standard pageant fair. It's their loss. As Olive starts busting her dance moves, the pageant director, offended beyond measure, instructs the master of ceremonies to remove Olive from the stage as the MC tries to do this, chasing Olive around the stage, Olive's family members from their seats in the audience rush the stage to hold back the MC so that Olive may finish her dance. And as they do so, Olive's family members not only prevent the MC from removing Olive from the stage, they also begin to dance with her. Yes, this broken family, this family of misfits, this family of failed dreams, shares in this victory dance with Olive. They bounce around the stage, grab hands, and swing around together, smiling and laughing as they share in the most improbable and unexpected of victories. A victory they share as wounded and broken members of this family, and it is a victory no one can take away. The music ends, the dance concludes, the pageant director summons the police to tell Olive's family, don't ever come back here again. They prepare to board the van, return home. Olive's father goes to the van, lifts the back door. As he does so, he sees the empty sheet in which his father, Olive's grandfather, had been placed when he was smuggled from the hospital. The sheet is now empty. Brothers and sisters, I look at that scene. I see witness to resurrection. I see resurrection has taken place for this family, the one who has inspired Olive, who has taught her to dance, lives on beyond his death. Because he taught Olive to dance, the members of this family, these broken, wounded, anxious members of this family, have overcome all obstacles which stood in their way. They have shared in a triumphant victory dance. Olive's father, seeing the sheet which once held his father, is witness to resurrection in which he and his family have shared because of the inspiration of his father, 
the sheet having once held his body is empty. Resurrection. It's closer than we know. Yes, it is a future event, but so close that it crowds us, touches us, and shoves us so that we make way for it. My younger daughter does a good job of making me cry with various items she sends me by way of social media. She did so again this week. It was an item quite brief as measured by time, but an item eternal as measured by the heart. It is an item, again, witnessing to the nearness of resurrection. What she sent was this. There is employed by a certain elementary school a black man, a custodian, named James. James is deaf. James one day recently walked unsuspectingly into a classroom filled with young children. Doubtless he has done this countless times before, but on this occasion, as James enters the classroom, the class full of young children, as instructed by their teachers, begins to serenade James, not just with voice, but with sign language, happy birthday, dear James. Happy birthday to you. James had no idea he was to receive this. He may have never received this before, Looking to the children, serenading him in sign, a smile burst from his face. He laughs, he throws his hands to his head. Happy birthday to you. Am I mistaken to see something of resurrection in this? To see this is the way God acts in his world. Or do I not rightly see this God of resurrection as the God who brings light into the darkest of places? Do I not rightly see this God of resurrection as the God who always and everywhere finds the lost? Do I not rightly see this God of the resurrection as the God who heals that which is broken? Do I not rightly see the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which has not existed? Do I not rightly see this God of resurrection as the God who turns our mourning into dancing? Before we belong to anyone or anything else, we belong to this God of resurrection. Now and always, we are children of the resurrection. We all live to him. Amen.
affirm our faith with the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. And I invite us now to welcome one another as we pass the peace of Christ. As we find our places, our ushers will come forward as we receive God's tithes and our offerings. come forward.
Let us pray. Lord, you give to us beyond measure. May these gifts returned unto you be to your glory and to the blessing of your people. Amen.
seated. <clears throat> Thank you, Jill. Thank you, Becky. We go to God in prayer. We share in the prayers of the people a responsive time of prayer in which I will go through a series of petitions and conclude each with the words, Lord, in your mercy, invite from you the response, hear our prayer, and invite you to name those concerns you would like to, to speak as we go to God in prayer. The petitions as I offer them will be very appropriate to the scripture and word we have shared this morning. Again, your responses and, and the invitation to name your prayer concerns is before us still. Let us pray. God of Abraham and Isaac and to Jacob, we confess to you that we are frequently slow to believe what you have promised through your prophets and in your son Jesus. We succumb to fears of death as if it were the end of everything, and all too often we live as if there is nothing to live for beyond death. Forgive us, Lord, forgive us our doubts, our disbelief, and our deafness to the witness of other believers, and our silence when we could give witness to the faith we have. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of mercy, God of the living, grant that we might see beyond the ruins that lie about us, that we might take to heart the lessons of Scripture which testify to your willingness and ability to bring new life to dry bones. Give to those who despair a vision of the resurrection which awaits all those who believe, all those you have chosen. Help them to order their lives by the principles of your everlasting kingdom, that kingdom in which faith, hope, and love transfigure all they touch. Lord, in your mercy. Father, help us to be a people who are prepared for the journey which lies ahead. Take from us all evil desire. Remove from us any refusal we have to forgive others. Lift from us any reluctance we have to love our enemies and to bless in your name those who curse us. Send us the desire to love one another as Jesus loves us, the yearning to bring your saving word to those who hunger, the longing to reach out and touch another person with your love and to speak to others and to ourselves your truth. Help us to be the ones who are prepared. Help us to be the ones who live Christ-like lives. Lord, in your mercy. We ask all these things, not in our name, but in the name of Jesus Christ, he who taught us to pray to you for ourselves and for the coming of your kingdom, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Just a reminder, we will be packing food bags again for the students and families of Albert Harris Elementary immediately following this worship in the Uptown Ministry Center and then a meeting for parents of youth and children at 1 o'clock in the Ministry Center as well. We go now in peace as children of the resurrection. We go as those who live now and always to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. 